Hey, bowlers, bowling this month is back. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Steve Klemkin. Steve is the Executive Director of Marketing for Storm Bowling, and you also know Steve as myself and Steve do the Storm Collegiate Spotlight, where we sit down and chat with coaches, college players, and everyone involved in the sport of college bowling. So, Steve Timberg here. Thanks for joining me today on this uh, Above180.com podcast. Absolutely. Thanks, Tim, for having me on here. All right. Well, as many folks know, Steve, we do the Storm Collegiate Spotlight where we talk to the best and brightest coaches, uh, players, and people that are surrounding the college bowling scene. I wanted to chat with you, though, for a few minutes. I've had some folks asking me and talking to me about... Um, Reno and the USBC Open Championship saying, Tim, you're doing all these shows by, uh, you know, where you're talking to folks, but what are you taking out there? What are you going to be using and et cetera? So I thought I'd bring you on, Steve, to, uh, you know, kind of give me, uh, run my arsenal past you. And then uh, if you have any suggestions on, uh, on what I'm taking and, and we can, you know, see once how things go from there. You got it. My pleasure. All right, Steve. Well, my arsenal, I'm, gonna, I'm taking six since I'm flying. It's including a spare ball. So the spare ball takes me down to five. And these are no particular order of what I'm thinking I'm going to throw. I'm going to do the practice session first before I kind of make that decision. Although I do kind of have a few that I don't think will be needed early. Um, but I'm going to start with the high wire is in the bag. I have two hay wires. One adjust the surfaces a little bit different on each of them. I have a crux pearl. And then the eternal cell. So those are the five I'm thinking of taking. And I haven't played around enough with the surfaces yet, but I'm thinking they're all going to be in that 500 to 2,000 range. So on the surface, and of course, the one thing I will say, Stephen, you know, we talked, you're still going out there, is this year it seems like in all the interviews I've done, there doesn't seem to be one ball, like you can say one ball that's going to work great for everyone that you need to have in your bag. First off, is that your assertion? And then 
what did you think of the, the arsenal that I just threw at you? Yeah, I, I would agree that's, that's a pretty safe bet. There is, it's not a, a condition really where there, you could say that, hey, this is the one ball that you, you really need to have. There is no, you know, there's no magic, magic bowling ball this year. Um, at the tournament, but you know, I can say that I do like the direction that you've gone, and that is something that we have kind of seen, and some of the people that we've we've spoken with, and um, the the players who've gone there and ha- have had some success. There is some consistencies in terms of what they're saying has been working, and one of the things is is you're seeing a lot of this kind of lower RG, medium higher differential bowling balls working well. And that's what you've got here. And, and all those balls that you laid out are like that, which is good. So um, then the next step is to kind of figure out, yeah, what's your order? What are you going to start with? What are you going to do in practice? What are you going to do early in the team event? And then as they break down, what are you going to do? And some of the discussions we've had, you know, I know you talked to Dave Cerigliano, and, uh, and he had an, and his team had an amazing performance out there. And a couple of the other uh, players, we had one of our Storm staffers, uh, his name's Rick Hera out of Chicago, and uh, he, he just shot 19.30 or so out there, um, bowled very well. And he said one of the things for him was starting out with a ball that had a lot of surface and was pretty aggressive and staying out to the right a little bit. And then as the lanes break down, what we normally do and a lot of times is we'll, we'll go with something a little shinier or we'll move in and keep chasing it to the left and move in and try and open up the shot more. And he said what he did, as soon as he moved in just a little bit, he lost his hold and the ball took off on him. And so what he ended up doing is going back to the right and then just going down with a less aggressive ball, something that's just a little bit more controllable, a little smoother, uh, maybe taking the surface, like you had mentioned, between 500 and 2,000, which I think is a real nice range to have. And that's kind of what I've seen as well, sort of in my evaluation and testing and, and, and getting some feedback from those who have gone there and, and done well has been that same kind of thing where they have, you really have to make sure that you really have a true arsenal, that you have balls that you start with, and once they start to hook, that you can step down to this ball and then you can step down to that ball. So I, I think you're, you're definitely going in the right direction. And, um, you know, you were asking a little bit, too, about uh, the surfaces and the surface preps. You know, you've got a haywire, which really out of those balls that you're bringing should be your – you've got two of those. So it could be your earliest reading balls. So I'd make sure that you have one of those um, prepared with the most surface, and that would be the one that you'd want to start with uh, in practice and early in the team event, a little bit farther out to the right, and then basically work your way uh, down from there. You can go maybe uh, to a little bit smoother haywire from there. Uh, your crux pearl with a little bit of surface, I really like that as your next ball. And then I would assume you'd be finishing up with either the high wire or eternal cell as being the balls that would be the cleanest out of those five uh, that would give you the latest break point and, and hopefully allow you to kind of stay lined up somewhere you know, between 7 and 14 or so and, and just kind of step down from ball to ball as the lanes break down and transition. Now, one of the things that's a little unique with our team and some other teams, too, may have this situation but we only have five guys going. And out of our five, we have two that are lefties. So there's three of our righties on our pair. And I will say that all three of us throw the ball fairly similar. We're all, you know, tweeners. No one's a, you know, a high rev guy. No um, two-handed players out there throwing 600, you know, uh, RPM rates and such. But for us, it's that unknown of who our companion team is. And I guess you have any tips, suggestions on how to, how to combat that? Because we've heard from a lot of the folks this year that, Really, how, you, how teams break down the pattern is really what creates success for the, your second and third game of team. Well, if, if they're starting with a really dull ball, but they're playing somewhere between, like, say, 15 and 20, I would, I would take it in the back and polish it. 
when he's not looking. That's what I, that'd be my that'd be my. <laughs> no, it is it is funny though. You know, based off of the you know, you can't really influence what the other people are doing. But I can tell you this though that we um, you know this year and the past couple of years we have had two teams that have gone together. Um, but we had a number of great performances over the years um, where we were with uh, some random companion teams that we didn't know um, what they were going to be doing. We didn't know them in advance. We didn't know if they were lefties, righties what they were doing. Uh, the best thing you can do really, though, is just to kind of take note of what they're throwing, where they're playing. And, you know, who knows, when you're playing out, let's like let's say in practice, you know, we, we've, we've heard so many people say, hey, you know what, you really need to use a little bit more surface, maybe start out closer to first arrow and try and, you know, create just a little bit of hook out there in practice, um, even if you only have just a few shots, it'll, it'll help set the lanes up for, uh, so they'll play better for games two and three. Um, and, and who knows, like I said, maybe if you guys are doing that for your three righties on your team, they might just hop out there with you. Maybe if they weren't before, they might see and say, hey, you know, why are you guys doing that? They might ask you a question. And you can say, well, this is why we're doing this. And, uh, you know, if you want to follow suit and throw a couple shots out there, it might, might be best for all of us uh, in the long run. So I would just say take note of what they're doing. If there is kind of an open communication, you know, you can kind of tell right away when, you're, uh, when you do meet that team. And you'll meet them in the squad room as well, too, and you can kind of chit-chat with them and kind of see – just kind of see where they're at, and and you know a lot of times they might uh, might be a really good uh, end up being a good support team for you, even if you even if you didn't know them in advance. Well, the other thought that just came into mind is I could tell my shame them on an upcoming podcast if they decide to really play the lanes <laughs> bad, and I'll blame them for my bad bowling, of course. Um, but, but there no, you go. Well, you're, you're a bowler right, and I'm a bowler, so that's what we do when we bowl bad, right? We got to yeah. we got to blame someone. <laughs> but no, you're you're 100 right. I mean, watch what they're doing, and if they see what we're doing. Uh, you can hope they do it, and um, and who knows? We may bowl blind, which that may be a whole other uh, characteristic, although I did hear another thought that may happen, although I have heard that with, um, you know, the squads are pretty full these days, so I, I don't think that could happen, but we are doing an 830 team squad on, um, mm-hmm. on a Sunday night, so stranger things, I guess, maybe have happened, but um, I guess and if, if that is the case, like let's just play the hypothetical game. If we are to be bowling just solo by ourselves, then our moves are going to be a lot less, right? I mean, now we're not, you know, now we take all the moves that we've talked about and almost probably have to shrink them in half because there's all that less traction. There's only going to be three of us on the right side the entire time. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if that's all you have bowling for all three games, then instead of eight or nine or seven or so right-handers, you only have three, you're, you, that's absolutely right. It's going to be harder to, quote-unquote, break them down, which is you, you would a perceived disadvantage because you can't create as much of like a little you know, track there to, to use. But then, that, then the advantage on the back side is that, yeah, your moves are less, the transition's not as fast, and it's, once you get lined in there, um, you might be able to stay with that ball longer and maybe only step through and, you, and use two or maybe three of the balls, and you, you don't end up going through all five. So it might, you know, that could be an advantage uh, as well if, it, if that actually does happen. Awesome. Well, thank you, Steve. Just wanted to do a quick little update here. Again, folks, I'll be bowling on the 26th and 27th, 8.30, both times, 8.30 team, 8.30 doubles and singles. Also, I have to remind you, check out BowlingThisMonth.com, seeing lots of great ball reviews, seeing the 900 Global Inception, a new piece. I know a new piece from Storm, the Snap Lock, which came out, uh, came out earlier this week. Is up there. Check that out. BowlingThisMonth.com. Seeing a piece from Mike Jazz now about how to apply tape and how to score on wet, dry house patterns. And seeing Joe Slowinski talks about your release again. And still seeing a great, very popular piece here by Jeff Riggles on how to attack the USBC Open Nationals pattern. So great stuff there. Again, check all that out. BowlingThisMonth.com. 
bowlingthismonth.com. And again, the PWBA Roundtable, lots of great stuff in there as well from, uh, from all the great ladies out on the PWBA Tour. So check that out, bowlingthismonth.com. And Steve, I know you're heading out there shortly, so we'll update our show here with uh, with your results in the uh, in the text of the podcast. And and if you've missed, if anyone's missed any of the shows, make sure you check those out. Like I said, we've talked to a lot of different folks, uh, from Mike Senek to uh, Steve Richter to uh, you know Chris Schlemmer came on and did a show, and a lot of folks from all the different companies coming in on to provide uh, insight and information on these shows for helping bowlers. Uh, as USBC, we got uh, just over you know about six weeks here left of competition. And um, and do want to thank you, Steve, for hopping on as well with me today. Hey, you bet. And that's and good luck out there, Tim. And uh, you know that's one of the cool things you mentioned that X Bowling app that I actually just discovered pretty recently. They have a cool thing in there when you do the live scoring. They actually have there's a coach view, and if you click on the coach view, it goes in there and it shows you frame by frame what you know if you see eight spare what they left, um, for example, and it and it shows you. A, so when you actually see for the shots that aren't strikes, you can see what that kind of grouping of leaves are and stuff. So that's a pretty cool thing there. But uh, absolutely, yes. Looking forward to going out there myself, and, uh, and best of luck when you, get, when you get out there later this month. 